Welcome to Families for Life with Brian and Brian, a podcast of Oak Hill Baptist Church. On today's episode, we're doing a pastor's perspective, the Christmas special 2021. Welcome back, listeners. We're back, and we've got a fun topic to talk about today. Don't yeah, we? yeah, exactly. We finished our series on the nature of the word, and so now we're doing a pastor's perspective. It's our Christmas special. You and I both love Christmas. Yes, we do love Christmas. We're, I'm very excited about Christmas. Yep. And uh, this will be our last episode of the of year. Of the year. Of the year. Yep. And we'll start back up in January. So we're going to miss you. But we're going to take a break and mm-hmm. hang out with our church family yeah. some more and our actual families yes. some yeah. more. We've got a lot of things in church that are happening, which I'm really excited about. So if you're a part of our church, definitely make sure you know about those things and Christmas caroling and Christmas night of worship and Christmas stuff. Just Christmas lots of Christmas Christmas stuff. Things. Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Yeah. yeah, so much. And, you know, it's, it's a really good thing. But uh, we also are excited to, like you said, it's nice at this time. It gets crazy busy. We'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. But we get to we do get to enjoy family time as long as we prioritize that. Right. Exactly. So, but uh, are you doing well this morning, Brian? I am doing well because um, and you put me in a good mood today. Good. So we're I'm able glad. to talk beforehand, and even if I'm tired or feeling down, you can lift my spirits. Well, I appreciate as that. a brother in Christ. That's so. the way it works. Same here. I mean, sometimes before we record, just the insider look. <laughs> before we record, sometimes we just have to make sure we're good to go. You we have know to talk I mean? each other yeah, up here. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that way we're not on the air. Like, well, everything's terrible. No, <laughs> no things are good. Uh, and so you need. This is an example of how you need another brother or sister to just encourage you. Right. We need. We need each other. That's the way God designed. Exactly. Things. So well, okay. let's jump in here. Our first, we got three topics. Yes. First of all, we're going to talk about our favorite Christmas movies, just yep. to have something really fun to talk about because mm-hmm. we love Christmas movies. Yep. We're going to talk about the busyness of the Christmas season, mm-hmm. and our third topic: the magic of Christmas. Ooh, the magic, magic of Christmas. Yep. So, so let's talk about our favorite Christmas movies. Cool. All right. So yours are the Hallmark ones, right? No. I, okay. I'll give you my first one. <laughs> okay. You go with your first one. Then. So, yeah, okay. so here's the thing. I love, love, love all of the movies I grew up with in the eighties and nineties. that are Christmas movies. Like I'm not really a big, like classic Christmas movie from like the thirties and the forties mm-hmm. and the fifties. I love the, I love like home alone. Yeah. I love uh, Christmas Vacation. Mm-hmm. I love all of the movies that I grew up watching over and over again. But there's mm-hmm. one that rises above all of them. Mm-hmm. And that is The Christmas Story. I, yes. Okay. I almost said that. The I love Christmas that you're talking Story about this. Okay. is one of my favorite yes. movies. Now, it's not set. It's set in the uh, 40s, I believe. Yeah. Uh, I think it's fifth, the 40s. Yeah. Some, okay. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, in the past, yeah. it's set in the past, but it's it's an adventure of Ralphie. Oh man, who and and to be honest, many of us who grew up before the internet can still relate, relate. to all of the things Ralphie went through with mm-hmm. looking at catalogs and going to the mall and or the department store and going mm-hmm. and seeing Santa and all of the things are were very similar in my childhood, and so I I really can resonate with with Ralphie in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. And I just love the Christmas story. I love that there's a strong 
uh, fatherly influence mm-hmm. in it. You know, mm-hmm. even though he <laughs> he's not necessarily the best all the yeah. time, but that's part of the story is how that comes together. Right, right, and how he's trying to uh, raise these sons, and really he's he's the dad who's got that hard, crusty shell, mm-hmm. but then he's a softy on uh-huh. the inside. You know, softy. I love the he loves, I don't want to see your thunder, but he yes. he loves his wife. Mm-hmm. You know, and and they have that sweet moment where they're. <laughs> sitting on the couch looking at the Christmas lights. Yeah. And I just, I love that part of it. The, the comedy is obviously just fragile. Yeah. It's gotta be Italian. It's Italian. <laughs> yeah. This is a major award. This is a major award. It's a major award. <laughs> well, and that was actually set in, uh, it's set in Hammond, Indiana, but the house is actually in Gary, Indiana. Oh, I did and not know that. Every year the, the person who owns that house puts the leg lamp up oh, and man. you can drive by and see the leg lamp in the That's window. Hilarious. Yeah. It's really neat. And so I just, I love the Christmas story and yeah. I grew up watching it on TBS. They would play mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. over and over and over. I think they even had like a 24 hour marathon yes. where they would just play it over That's, and over okay, and over That was a part of our again. Christmas experience growing up my whole life. We would get up, we would, we would have to wait for parents to get up. You wake yes. them up, you read the Christmas story and then you open presents and, and, and the Christmas story, the movie, movie is on TV all day yeah. long. We just mm-hmm. leave it on and watch it. Yeah, over. In, uh, yeah, I love that movie. Okay, so that's my first one. What's your first? I one? I love that. Um, okay, my first one. I'll. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do the other one first uh, that I told you about. So I'll start with the Charlie Brown Christmas special. Ooh. Um. So I am. It's funny how I love all those movies you talked about. I do really like the classic ones. I just kind of love them all. This is really hard for me, but I will say Charlie Brown Christmas has always had just a special place in my heart and my family. Like there's something, I don't know why, but my family just loves Charlie Brown. I've just grown up with that. And we always watched the Charlie Brown Christmas. I recently watched a documentary on that and uh, it's amazing how quickly they came up with the story. It was originally for Coca-Cola Coca-Cola wanted them to, they, they called up the producer and was like, Hey, you got a Christmas special? And he was like, yeah, absolutely. And they're like, okay, cool. Can you get it to us next week? And they're like, yeah, absolutely. And then he calls, uh, Charles Schultz and is like, I need a Christmas special by tomorrow. (laughs) And so they got together and, and came up with it. And then, uh, is it Vince Giraldi who made the music? Yes. He, Uh he, I mean, iconic composer. Yeah. And it's all just like, how did that happen? Mm-hmm. And what I what I love about the movie is that it it captures the a feeling that I think everyone can resonate with is this um, kind of like low level depression that happens at Christmas time if you if you're not careful of this like feeling like you know oh I don't have everything I want or people you know I'm not getting the Christmas cards that I need you know people he he sarcastically goes to somebody he's like hey thanks for my Christmas card and she's like I didn't write you a Christmas card <laughs> well and then it comes to the end where it gives you the real meaning that's, of Christmas that's what's awesome about it because it's and this is one of the things I love my favorite Christmas movies always have this element to it where the circumstances don't actually change it's it's your perspective yeah, that changes. Yeah, that's good. And Linus, one of the people always talk about Linus, who who quotes from Luke. Mm-hmm. He drops his blanket, which he always has. Mm-hmm. He drops his blanket, comes out, and just perfectly recites Luke. Earlier in the episode, he's complaining about memorizing lines, mm-hmm. and it's just cool to see how this is the point. Right. And they the producers didn't want to put that on TV, mm-hmm. and they only bought like one airing time. Well, I think it's been on the air. Yeah. I think it's been shown every year until a couple years ago. Uh, they weren't going to show it. And I think people is outcry. Yeah, there was an it, outcry like we want to see this. And and this is one of the only things that will have scripture 
yes. read it became, in a public setting. It became like this. the the biggest, the the most successful Christmas special that that TV has had. It became, and they won awards. I mean, it blew their minds because they were like, "This, we just, we don't know how this happened." Right. That's and awesome. I think it's because the Lord is honoring His word. You know, yeah. He's putting it out there. So anyway. What's your other one? Oh man, this was so hard. Like I said, <laughs> I know. <laughs> like I said, I, I there's so many movies. You know, I, well, and I should say I I don't dislike all the older ones. I love those um, stop motion animation, Rudolph oh, yes. the Red Nosed oh, Reindeer, yeah. and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Those are great. Grew up on those. Um, the Bumble, the one, the year that the year that Santa Claus, yeah, yeah wasn't yeah. or I don't know, mm-hmm. I forget whatever they're all called, but but I guess. Um, I have to go with a more well, I, and I love like the Santa Claus. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's a great I, one yeah, too. We almost didn't talk about that. At but all. I have to go <laughs> to a more recent classic. Okay. And I would say it's the mm. most recent classic of the Christmas movies, and that I, is Elf. Yes, I knew you were going to say that. Elf is <laughs> hilarious and heartwarming. It, it, is. it really has the um, best of both worlds mm-hmm. because there's just so many things. I love Will Ferrell as this character who is just. He doesn't know anything about life. You know, he he goes into the coffee shop and he says, world's best coffee. You did it. Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> You're like looking at him like he's insane. Yeah, exactly. He's picking up the chewing gum, you know, he's oh, going yeah. around the revolving door. So he's a man, but he's experiencing Christmas as a child, yep. you know, yep. and it's just, it's fantastic. I love that movie. Um, I, I love the idea that. In the end, uh, the dad has to put the family before his job, you yeah. know, and I, I just, I just love that, that theme. So yes. Elf is just a fantastic movie. Yeah. I, uh, recently watched it and I just, I always forget how much I love it. And you're right. How much, um, like you said, inspiration it actually has. I mean, it, it makes you love your family. If you makes you think about your family and, and prioritize things the right way while also just laughing your head off. And uh, Ed, Ed Asner as Santa is perfect. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I love him. And him as Santa was great. He he had the great, he had the, um, like, he's really kind of like, like gruff, but mm-hmm. also like tender at the yeah. same time, yeah. you know? He, he's, he really was like the epitome of just like a grandfatherly yeah. older man, yeah. you know? It's like, I could, you know, like you don't mess with this guy, he was a but great, also he loves you to death. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was great in that. So anyway, that's my second pick. So. I love that. That's awesome. I'm glad you chose that. Um, okay, so my second pick was... Uh, a lot of it's actually a lot of movies. <laughs> it's like a series. This is a, uh, it's a gigantic this is amount a cheat of here. I am cheating hardcore. <laughs> and so, uh, my favorite Christmas uh, movies are probably The Christmas Carol. Mm. Um, I love A Christmas Carol. I like every single version except for the Jim Carrey version <laughs> and, uh, and a couple others that are just like, and the only reason why I don't really like them is because of like, production the way that they produce different things yeah we the, talked the jim carrey was meant to be a 3d so exactly. it's a kind of it's annoying to watch it as like just a standalone mm-hmm. movie because there's those 3d elements that that are like just weird they're thrown in there mm-hmm. and they don't really come alive in 2d in 2d and so but it's still actually the jim carrey version is one of the most accurate ones that i've seen and uh, you know accurate to the book anyways and the the christmas carol is just 
such a good movie. I, uh, the, my favorite ones are the Patrick Stewart version, uh, which was a TV uh, version that came out on TV originally. My wife loved that one. I didn't really watch it a whole lot, and she got me watching it, and it is the best. Um, I love the George, George C. Scott version. There's one that I like a lot uh, that's actually a musical that has Albert Finney in it, and it's called Scrooge. And it was made, I think, in the 70s. Yeah, 1970. Mm. So it's got, you can tell, and it's very British, like very mm. British. And, uh, and it's just so good. And what I love about it, especially in Scrooge, he he's you know he's Scrooge. Obviously, it's the same story, but at the end, there's just you you get the picture of the change that happened in his heart, and that goes back to what I was saying. Like it's all about not the circumstances don't change at all. It's just the perspective, you know. Like Scrooge doesn't get the girl in the end. You know, none of the none of these things happen except for he changes, and right. you see in in the movie Scrooge, the musical one. He just goes crazy buying stuff for people, canceling people's debts. I mean, he walks into a, a toy store and he's going to buy toys for all of the um, Cratchits. And he's like, I need this and I need that and I need all these dolls and I need everything over here. And he just shows up to the Cratchits house and he's giving them. And I get emotional every time I see it because you just see him enjoying life again. He, he hasn't been able to enjoy life because he's so self-centered. Mm -hmm. And um, I think, you know, A Christmas Carol was written in the 1800s and it actually um, kind of brought back the, the Christmas traditions yeah. in England. Mm -hmm. um, they, yeah, I just watched that movie, The Man Who yes. Invented Christmas. And when Dick, and I don't know how much of this is true, it's a movie, but if you believe what is in that movie, it's the story of Charles Dickens writing A Christmas, uh, Christmas Carol. Mm -hmm. And it was, uh, <clears throat> apparently Christmas was not that, big of a deal yeah and he wrote this book and at the end of the movie they say that um charitable giving increased yes immensely overnight because of this book yes and that's it and it's amazing and one of the things is you know people don't think of it as a very christian book but but it actually has a lot when you read it there's a lot of christian elements there's a lot themes of the, yeah. themes I mean, you can't, you don't really get Christmas without Christ, and 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 he's there in the book, uh, even if it's not like explicitly about him. So, anyways, I love that movie. Uh, any honorable mentions for you, Brian? You know, I think I mentioned a lot the the honorable mentions that mm -hmm. I have. Do you have one? Yes, and our listeners probably know that it's a wonderful life. So. I'm just gonna say that, and we won't talk about it anymore. Else, we'll talk for a long time. Which actually does not happen all at Christmas. No. The whole movie doesn't happen at Christmas. Exactly. Just that ending, that classic at scene Christmas. at the ending. Yeah, mm -hmm. with them and the 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 girl. Every time a mm -hmm. bell rings, an angel gets angel his wings, gets which is theologically incorrect. Incorrect. We talked about that last uh -huh. episode. Uh -huh. Yeah, but it's still a great uh, movie. It's and, the same thing, you yeah. know. The circumstances don't really change. It's, it's your perspective. You can go back and listen to our favorite movies episode. Mm -hmm. I think you talked about that one there. Yep. So yeah, I did. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and uh, transition to our next topic. Yes, we need to talk about this because we experience this a lot ourselves. We know other people experience this a lot, and it seems like at Christmas time, it just gets heightened, right? Would yes, you agree? yes. Like the, the busyness the yeah. of Christmas season, it can be overwhelming mm -hmm. at times mm -hmm. there's a pressure to get presents and shop and uh, then there's a pressure to make sure that you you know do you know on top of all the things of normal life mm -hmm. you got to decorate and you get the presents and you um you know you have different 
children, all the there's, parties, there's pro- parties. Yeah. Maybe your kids have uh, a choir thing mm-hmm. or this thing. And it seems like it all, you know, a lot of like dance recitals and piano recitals and all of these things are just happening all at the same time, all at the same yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. So end of the year sorts of things, you know, I know like church stuff is happening. I mean, they're just a constant never ending, you know, stuff to do. Right. Yeah. So that's, I think that's just Christmas is just naturally a a, a busy season. You mm -hmm. know, I I don't know. Do you think that's good, bad, neutral? Um, I think that for the most part, it's probably neutral. Mm -hmm. I think what's bad about it is, is us not being able to say no to things. You know, I think some of it is uh, not being able to say no to things. Um, some of it is driven by uh, commercialism. And, and But the thing is, is like these, these things are being imposed from outside of us, I think. And what's bad is when we impose them on ourselves, mm. you know, when we, when we like the expectation yes. to do all of the things, exactly. yeah, go to every party and do yes. this and do that. And yeah, and so I can see that. Yeah. What I, do you think? I mean, I'm I not, mean, yeah, I would agree. I, I mean, a lot of these activities are, are fun. Yeah. I mean, we enjoy doing these activities. So it's not something that, you know, a lot of times we're doing it, we're having fun. Mm-hmm. And then in the middle of it, you're like, Oh man, I'm tired. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm really, we just had, we've been go, 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 you know, Mm -hmm. it's every day, every night. And that's, you know, and a lot of times for me, I don't realize how busy I am Mm -hmm. until I'm halfway through that busy season. Yeah. You know, I mean, for ministry, this is a busy time of year for our different ministries. There's things going on in our Awana ministry and with our upward and there's just a lot of things going on. And so, it's not bad. It's just trying to find time to take a break yeah. to have some rest because yeah. we know that rest is important. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? I mean, yeah, well, I mean, we've talked about this a little bit in the past, but that's, I think at Christmas time, it becomes even more essential to prioritize resting because, because you get worn out more quickly without even noticing it right like you're talking about and so well if you get to the point where you're praying for a snow day then you know you need to take a break i need a snow day where everything's canceled (laughs) well and i think sometimes you know we we have to schedule things we have to schedule things schedule a snow day happen yeah we have to schedule things to be off because we need to realize that other stuff is going to be happening right and i think we forget that every christmas i don't know maybe i'm the only person but it's like i forget about all of the things that are happening at the and during the season and i think oh i want to do this and i want to do that and i want to do this and and you accidentally overbook yourself right you know what mm-hmm. i mean yeah um, and i don't think um i don't think busyness is bad necessarily but it cannot be the way of life yeah do you know what i'm saying it's it has to, I, I believe there's an ebb and flow to life. So mm-hmm. there's times and seasons that we're busy, but you know, it, it's interesting. We've gone through, uh, th- this last couple of years has really shown me a, a lot of things, you know, where we went through COVID and the pandemic and then mm-hmm. we had shut down and all that kind of stuff. We were go, go, go in ministry and then everything shut down. Yeah. And then we were trying to find things to do mm-hmm. because we were, I mean, I remember Not you and able me. To do most of the normal things, yeah. We were making videos. We were trying to connect with people on the phone. We were just trying to find things to do to because we didn't have our normal programming, right? And so then we get 
sort of back into things and things kind of ramp up and you forget yeah. what it was like before because I think you're just we were just used to that pace. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. now and I think in life we can just kind of get used to that pace and then it's like, "Oh, this is my life, but we don't really realize that we need to stop and take a break sometimes." Yeah. Yeah, I I think you're absolutely right and I think, you know, the Christmas time helps us see what it's like. It's kind of like the championship game, you know, if you, you like every, you know, in sports, every game matters, but you feel it more intensely at the championship game because it's like everything's riding on this. And at Christmas time, like you get to see kind of how your um, ebb and flow of rest and busyness have been really working together. You get to see it kind of comes to a pinnacle, I think. And um, and so this is not just a Christmas season thing. This is a everyday reality for us yes. and, and it all goes together throughout the year so, so this has to be something that we are working on constantly yeah let me ask you a question what how do we know when to slow down you know what what are the signs you know i know for me and i was talking to you about this today um brian's my therapist here I'm, he's <laughs> likewise <laughs> i'm sharing with him and uh you know it's like whenever i start to know that i'm i'm my personality is is changing in a sense of like, you know, normally I'm, I'm act this way or I react to a situation in this way. And I know that I'm reacting not the way I would like to, or the way that I'm supposed to, for instance, I might be shorter with people or a little annoyance is in my mind, a big deal, you know? And anytime I'm starting to react that way, I know, okay, wait a second. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm getting, too busy it's, and I need to take a break and take a breath and step back. It's similar to being hangry. I mean, really it's, it's very similar emotionally to, hangry. Yeah. That's what go. it is. And so that is, so that can be because you need food or it could be because you need rest. You know, rest. And so I think that's one way that's that we often ignore. Well, emotionally uh, hangry, the food is not a good solution. Cause then you just eat, you just eat too much. junk well, food. Well, and that's you eat point. your, you, you <laughs> eat, eat your feelings instead of resting. You just eat. <laughs> and so you're, it's, you're really not dealing with the problem. That's a good point. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that. Um, but I think also if you can't, if you're just if you're booked, right? Like every moment of the day, something is happening. Um, then you don't have any flexibility for for God to do something, right? And mm-hmm. and one of the things for me, I know that I'm too I'm too busy or I'm too booked if I don't have if if when God you know puts somebody in my life that I need to minister to or or you know I have to have a conversation if God wants to change my plans then and I get super like frustrated about it. Okay, I'm probably. I'm probably misprioritizing something in my life right, right. now. Mm-hmm. And so it's important for us to recognize those symbol, those signs. I think you know? one of the things, and we, we've talked about this book and uh, people are going to just say, we only read the same authors, which, which is fine. But <laughs> you know, uh, this book, crazy busy by Kevin DeYoung yeah. is been so helpful. So I know good. you read it recently, recently yeah. and it's funny because I think part of the reason one, well, one of the reasons we're so busy is just because we feel an expectation or an obligation. Yeah. And he lists that a lot of times it's because of the killer peas. Mm. And he says, people, these are the things that are, that uh, keep us from, um, that, that, that keep us in this mode of busyness mm-hmm. without taking rest. Yeah. You know, again, busyness is not bad. There's an ebb and flow to life. We've right. also got to have rest. So he says, a uh, pride is a villain with a thousand faces. And he talks mm-hmm. about pride looking like people pleasing. 
mm-hmm. wanting pats on the back, performance evaluation. We want possessions, proving myself, pity, poor planning, power, perfectionism, position, prestige. So he mentions all of those things coming from pride and how those things can be killers to our spiritual lives, our emotional, our physical well-being, because we have to run, 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 run mm-hmm. all of the time. Yeah, because you're just constantly trying to meet these meet these expectations that most of the time you're putting on yourself. That's right. And I, I remember that list, and it was such a helpful, almost like a diagnostic tool where I could just look through each word and, and think through, okay, am I interacting with people based on this? Yeah, am I doing this thing? Am I am I this busy because, because I of, because I'm I'm finding joy and this is what the Lord wants me to do, or am I doing it because everyone else is expecting exact, me? It was and then so there's helpful. an internal thing mm-hmm. that's saying if I don't do this, yep, it's going to you know it's it's a prideful thing, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, highly recommend that book. And, uh, and he he even you know references a bunch. Of, it's it's such a good book, but you know we have to prioritize things, right? So what does our priority need to be? Yeah, he said in the, this is one quote here on page 62. It says, one reason we never tame the busyness beast is because we are unwilling to kill anything. Mm-hmm. We rearrange our schedules, tighten up our breaks, but nothing improves because we haven't pruned anything. Mm-hmm. We haven't established what we won't do any longer. Setting priorities is, is an expression of love for others and for God. What do you think about that? You, if you, I was recently talking to somebody who uh, is trying to figure out they're going from, you know, they're young adult trying to figure out how to spend time with people because they don't have all the free time anymore. And I was like, if you don't plan people into your life, you won't spend time with them. I tell you, you won't have friendships with them. You know, as you get older, you know, you may have more resources, money, and things like that, but you will never have more time than when you're a a child and a teenager. That's true. Yeah. And you have to prioritize, you have to plan it because that is how you love people. Right. Because otherwise, everything else pushes them out of the way. And we can't let that happen. You know, it reminds me, and, and, you know, there's got to be a rhythm to life. So we've got to prioritize things that are really important. For instance, uh, physical health is important. Mm -hmm. We have, you know, this is one of the, the revelations I've had because I did not prioritize physical health for a long time mm-hmm. and I've seen the benefits of it. Yeah. It's got to be a priority. It's got to be one of those non-negotiable things. I am going to mm-hmm. do the things in my life to be physically healthy. Yep. I've also got to do the things to be mentally healthy mm-hmm. and spiritually healthy. Spiritual health is the most, the important, most important thing. Mm-hmm. And we've got to take time to make Jesus first. And in this book, he does a little Bible study at the end mm-hmm. where he talks about the story of Mary and Martha and how Martha is the class. I-, I am a classic Martha. <laughs> I got to get all these things ready. I got to do this. I got to do that. And then Mary's just over there sitting at the feet of Jesus. And Martha's like, why are you just sitting at the feet of Jesus? Do you not see all the things that I have to get done? Mm-hmm. And Jesus is like, we should, you know, she's doing what she needs to be doing at this time. Mm-hmm. And I, I miss the force for the trees so often because I am busy doing the work of ministry, doing the work of family, the work of life. Yep. But I miss the, I miss Jesus in, in those things. Exactly. I don't take time to sit at his feet. And that's why we have to force ourselves into quiet times with the Lord. We have to force ourselves into um, taking like a a personal or family retreat where you're not 
planning a billion things on your vacation. You're just hanging out, spending time together. You have to go on dates with your spouse. You have to do what it takes to make these things first or else you miss the most important things in life. And, uh, and that's what, like, you know, going back to the Christmas movies, like they were missing the most important things in life because they were so tunnel visioned onto what was right in front of them. Right. And, uh, and they needed, they needed their perspective broadened. So, so good. Okay. So busyness, we need an ebb and flow We're we're, you know, we just hope and pray that you will look to the Lord to help you with that. But the coolest thing about Christmas is that there's just something magical about it. Yeah, there is a magic to to Christmas. I'm not saying like magic in the sense of like right. sorcery or witchcraft. Yeah, but we just, are pastors. We don't like that. <laughs> okay, so but there we're is not a, talking about that. There is a this this time of year has something different and special. Do you know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. just it's a time where we focus on generosity. We focus on family. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a, just a lot of special activities and events. And I just, um, you know, it's, it's just a great, it's just a great season Yeah. for the Christian. It really revolves around the miracle of Christ's birth. I mean, that's, that's what we're celebrating. Well, and that's why it's magical because it is miraculous. Like it is something that happened that isn't just a, a metaphor or something we're talking about a literal miracle something that happened in real real history that was magical that god did yeah and and so like that's why there is this childlike wonder wonder to celebrating christmas and everyone feels it because it ultimately comes from a miracle. Yeah, the Christmas story is is great because you know you you read it and there's there's angels. Yeah, there's um there's a group of shepherds. There's, there's a star. There's wise I mean, men. I mean, there's, there's all a little these drummer boy. No, I'm, sorry, I'm just playing. <laughs> sorry, that's what Mary needed was a kid playing drums with a newborn child. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> that's the last thing she needed. Right, exactly. Uh, but no, um, th- there's just so many things that are amazing that revolve around this story, and you see God's hand in all of this and it's just it's one of those things you read it and there's just a concentration of of spiritual miraculous yeah. things happening but yeah. there's there's one thing mm-hmm. that stands above them all yep. and this is the virgin birth yeah we talked about this in our last sermon series or our pastor just mentioned his last sermon mm-hmm. for us it's probably a couple sermons ago for you listeners but um the virgin birth is key for us in understanding this miraculous event. Would you agree? Yeah, it, it is so important because without the virgin birth, there there's really nothing like n- obviously special about Jesus. There's nothing that tells us like clearly this guy is different. You know, he, he might have just been an, another teacher. He might have just been some other famous dude that lived and did some cool stuff. But with the virgin birth, you you don't have just some other cool guy. You have a totally other type of thing going on here. Yeah, and uh, I was reading in my recent Table Talk magazine, and they had a, a little thing about Christmas, and one of the articles was about the virgin birth. And they said, you know, in the postmodern world, this is pe- very problematic for people. Yeah. Because it doesn't make sense biologically, scientifically. It doesn't make sense... Uh, it, and, and, P, and some Christians would even argue that it's not important and we need to abandon this belief and right. not even worry about it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's they, what yeah, they would say. say that. 
should we? Should we just say, hey, that's cra- this is a crazy belief. We should, you know, this can never happen. Should we just abandon it and walk away from it? You know, it's interesting to me because when you look at just the things that we accept as being normal and natural, when you think about it for a second, everything in nature is insane. Like when you think about amazing uh, how trees grow mm-hmm. and how leaves you know photosynthesize like when you think about the the magic that happens in the normal world that we think is just totally normal like that's crazy that's insane stuff that should not be possible but it is and i think it's just absolutely ridiculous to think that all these normal things like you know uh supernovas and all this other stuff that scientists say is totally normal and then for us to be like oh yeah but god can't exist and and you know this this other special this other amazing thing can't happen i'm like what makes that different there's nothing that makes that any different well the only reason we see these things as ordinary in our life is because we've we've accepted them and it happens all the time gk chesterton talks about this he talks about the idea that you know trees grow leaves and the leaves come and then they fall and every year this happens over and over and over again the reason why we don't think it's amazing is because we're used to it but it is a miracle of god that that happens all Mm -hmm. the time that's exactly right yeah so when we understand so we would we would think and understand the virgin birth as essential to christian belief absolutely essential and it's because what we know as the hypostatic union where Mm. the holy spirit came to this woman created this this baby so jesus now jesus is not a created being in that sense because jesus has always existed right right uh and so jesus being born of woman being born of the holy spirit uh in in this human form but we understand that that this means he is a fully man fully man in the sense of Mm -hmm. flesh and blood Mm -hmm. but he's also fully god his divinity is retained and he does not bear with him the sin nature yeah yeah rc sproul has some of the best i I, rc sproul really helps me understand this the best and so you could look up him on ligonier.com or org org thank you and uh he talks about this really clearly help helpful but you know that's jesus is is this eternal word of god the, the son of god eternally who is the uncreated one who created all things. John chapter one tells us this, and then he becomes a part of creation. So he's the uncreated created one. Mm, that's good. That's what's amazing about him is that he is, he is both God and man. Right. And that is just cool. Like there's nothing other, there's no other way to say that. Than just go, Whoa, that's well, amazing. And if we don't understand this, if we don't believe in the virgin birth because of because of the hypostatic union because Jesus being the perfect sacrifice the one without the sin without right. sin um if if we don't believe that i and personally believe the gospel falls apart. Okay. So so let's let's break this down. If you don't believe that the virgin birth is possible, then there's then there's zero reason to think that Jesus is fully god fully man, right? And if Jesus is not truly god truly man then god has not saved us from our sins or man has not paid for the iniquity of man and even if you believe that that there are some that believe the divinity of god came onto him in his baptism but even if you believe that he would still bear the sin nature he would not be the perfect sacrifice exactly yes so that that 
argument falls apart. Hebrews deals with that. Hebrews is helpful to help us see that Jesus is the perfect sacrifice, the perfect, perfect substitution. So, so, I mean, the gospel hangs on this. It, it hangs on, the gospel hangs on a several of the key yes. foundational beliefs. This but is one this of them. is one of them. Mm-hmm. And so as Christians, we must affirm the virgin birth. Why? Because scripture tells us. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those things that church history has fought over the nature of Christ. Yeah. I mean, it is... Yeah. It's amazing. If you look at the history of the different councils, mm-hmm. many of them are to combat heresy and and to talk huh. about the nature the Ni- of Christ. The, was it the Nicene Creed talking about the, the nature of Christ and St. Nicholas? St. Yeah. Nicholas, he's like... The patron saint of slapping Arius in the face. <laughs> slaps, he loved Jesus so much. Uh, I, te- I teach you know my, my kids, Santa Claus, St. Nicholas loved Jesus so much, he gets really mad when people don't love Jesus, you know? Like, and so, but, but that's, that's a part of church history. People, people defending this. Well, and that was in the three hundreds and it goes all the way till the four fifty one in the council of Chalcedon Mm -hmm. there. They had the definition, which really, which really gives us the fully God, fully man or truly God, truly man definition. Uh, And so it took, it took all of that time and they, you know, there were heresies and, and most, most of the, Orthodox believers held to right. this well, they had already. To do this. They, they had, had to, to do this. They had because to, people were were getting it wrong. Right. And they had to defend what the Bible actually right. says. So it's not like they made this out of nowhere. They're really just defending what the Bible has. They're been laying saying. down the official position of Scripture. Exactly. Yeah. And so this is just so interesting to me that church history has has fought over this, and yeah. we continue to still have battles over the nature mm-hmm. of Christ and who He is. But these things are foundational in our belief because I believe if we do not hold the true nature of Christ, the true biblical nature, then what point is the gospel? Right, right. You know, and, and so and so you know this this begs the question as we move forward into our age, we have people denying the virgin birth. We have people saying it didn't happen, and, and I truly believe that this is sort of a roadblock to faith for many people a stumbling block a stone of offense i mean jesus the gospel is that and and that's because uh it you have to believe uh, what you is, have to trust god what does the scripture say the foolish things you know it, it talks about the foolish things made wise oh yeah wisdom made foolish uh-huh. you know yeah first corinthians uh-huh and so we look at things like this and people are like oh that's that's ridiculous yeah. you, you, i can't believe you believe that and it's in the it's in the scripture. Mm-hmm. I'm going to believe it, and you know that's what God's it's word says. God, this is what's cool about God. God loves to promise impossible things. He loves to promise ridiculous things, and then do it, and right. be like, "How cool is that?" I mean, that's that's who our God is. And so, you if know? you say, "Well, I don't believe that," then I have a problem with you calling yourself a Christian because yeah. the gospel hangs on this very. Are well, you believing? What in is Christ? your faith in? Then yeah. it's not in the true Jesus. Exactly. And so this is you know. First John deals with all of that. This is exactly what First John's all about. But this is one of my big things about Christmas, okay? We have to stand up for Christ in Christmas. Like, uh, yes. we need to reclaim Christmas for Christ because mm, that's good because if we're not if we're not focusing on these things i mean christmas should be awesome and and i i personally and if you're one of our listeners and and the, you know if this is you know i'm not trying to at you right now but I, I i struggle with christians who are like oh i don't like christmas because it's so commercialized or so this or so that and i'm like okay then don't make it about any of those things 
and make it all about Christ. Yeah, you control what it's about in yeah. your family. That'd be like if you're like, man, I love my spouse, but wow, I hate their birthday. Like that doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense. You should make the the celebration of the birth of Christ all about Christ. Yeah, and and really it's it's about the gospel. This is one it's of those exactly. things our pastor made the point where he said, you know, at Christmas we're also celebrating Easter because the it's not just the coming of Jesus as a baby, it's the hope of the gospel is begun in in this moment right. when Jesus arrives. Which is and, why this virgin birth is such an important doctrine. Right. Yeah. And so I just think I think we need to sort of as Christians remake this and say, okay, I'm going to make yeah. Christmas about Jesus. Right. I'm going to make it about the gospel and use it as an opportunity to share the gospel. That's what we've been doing forever. We just say, hey, this celebration you're having, guess what? It's about Jesus now. So, right. you know, we're just going to take this over. Thank you. And that's good because Jesus is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and we should do that. Right. So let's celebrate Christmas for Christ. That's right. That's so. good. Cool. Well, listeners, we hope that this has been encouraging and fun for you. Uh, I've enjoyed this. So. I have, yes. It'll be the okay. last time you hear our silky smooth voices for the rest <laughs> of the year. I don't know. That may be a blessing. You know what? Maybe, yeah, our maybe. Christmas gift is to you. You have won't have to hear us yeah. until after until January. After, yeah, until the new year, until 2022. Yes. We'll be back with something. We're signing off. We're saying Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And Happy New Year. Happy New Year, and we'll see yeah. you next time. Scott, I like that one a lot. Don't like Scrooge. Oh, we Scrooge always, uh, you know, when they're asking Scrooge for more coal, and then uh, he, uh, poke it. He uh, he's like, You're, "How would you like to be out on the unemployment yeah. line?" And then the rats are like, "It is an island in the sun." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that scene. Heat wave. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I. It's funny because I watched that recently. I hadn't seen it in years. Yeah, and. I'm, it's really funny. The music came right back. And yeah. I was like, I remember all of this. I remember everything that's happening. There's right so now, many good jokes in, in there. It's it's yes. really there's so many good jokes in there. I love uh the, the eagle. <laughs> he's like talking to Scrooge. He's the he's the teacher and he's like, It is the American way. And he's like, uh Sam, uh he's like, Oh, it is the British yeah. way. <laughs> and it's just so good.